from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Indeed. Good, Good morning, morning gentlemen. My lads. Good morning. Good morning, my lads. Welcome to the Northeast Breakfast Show for this Tuesday morning. And yes, oh, does, you does, does your this? uncle on the desk. Get in. <laughs> How are we doing? Are we all right, chaps? We love it when you're here because you let us get away with anything. <laughs> Don't start with that. Don't start with that. <laughs> Why is that? Now, so Dave, Dave's taking the day off today. Now, he did say that he was going to be doing this, but then he didn't announce it yesterday that he wasn't going to be on the show, did no, he? No, he didn't. No, we're just rhubarb. He just keeps us in the dark and feeds us crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and we're off. And we're off on the North East Ruddy Well, I've got the hoof with him anyway, you know that. I know, yes, I know. But, oh, I'm going to have my revenge for him cancelling What the Fact, honestly. We're just going to do two hours of What the Fact today. (laughs) Well, he's not here. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine a grand day of What the Fact? Oh, fantastic. What a show. We've got Carabao Cup, baby. The Northeast representation. The mighty Borough taking on Chelsea. Uh, we will hold up the Northeast or East for you guys in the Carabao Cup. we got Chelsea to talk about. Uh, we have got the sad news as well as Franz Beckenbauer passed away. The football great lads. Uh, German football legend passing away yesterday, age 78. Um, amazing player. One of the greats. Yeah. One, of the, one of the best players I've ever seen, obviously. Um, friend of Pele and, and you know up there is one of the greats I would say so Absolute sad legend. news there yeah. we'll talk about we'll talk about that and get some memories um, of that we've also got to talk about uh, <clears throat> all other things going on around this crazy footballing uh, world as I bring up my list that's why I'm stalling don't mind me I'm not pre- I am prepared don't you worry about that <laughs> oh, that's good, I'm good job your show, eh? <laughs> how many times have I said prepared already is it enough there we go I've got my list uh, we're talking about Birmingham uh, appointing Tony Mowbray Mogget is back in the hot seat he's taken yeah. over from Wayne Rooney I wanted to talk to the lads about that and see what we uh, think of Mogget obviously you can't keep a good man out of football I reckon so it'll be good we got to check in on Bargate 2.0 Old Racy yesterday dropped the news uh, that he uh, uh, had served a, a couple of cheeky free beers to hit to his lads yesterday. Uh, I've got an additional thing to that, again. by the way, right? You're going to oh, love this. No. Oh, yes. no. Oh, God. We, let it, I, let it as, we le- as we left, we got some chocolates. Uh, box, and it wasn't just any old chocolates. We're not talking uh, dairy box here. Uh, we, uh, boxes of Thorntons were handed out. And there was people seen leaving the stadium alike with boxes, three and four boxes of Thorntons from the Black Cat Bar. Um, which were shared out on the bus. So we all had some nice chocolates on the way back. I wondered where they came from. I thought it was somebody's Christmas Christmas box that took them to the match. Oh, but right, we've got chocolates as well, lads. So it's round straight it off from a the owner's box, weekend. I heard. Straight from the owner's box, that one, I reckon. <laughs> we've got to talk about no VAR. <laughs> Jimmy uh, Jimmy Coppers, we're going to talk about show. Jimmy Coppers. You've got to talk about Jimmy we Coppers. Too. He's setting up a YouTube channel. Is he really? I didn't know that. Good on you, Jimmy. Good. That'll be good. Uh, Jimmy Coppers as well. We'll talk about that. Jordan Henderson, lads, is offering himself more than I am uh, around the places. He's offering himself <laughs> to Bayern Munich, Bayern Leverkusen as well, as he attempts to leave Saudi Arabia. So uh, got to talk about that. We uh, we did predict it. Steve predicted it, and I believe uh, Radio Dad as well. 
This one's a big one, lads. This is what I want to get your big thoughts on. And obviously, we've been talking a lot about financial fair play. But Everton have confirmed that they've loaned a further $50 million from 777, which brings their total investment now Dollars. in recent months to a hundred pound, I apologize, uh, and a hundred million. It's, it's American, I guess. So it, it, I mean, a triple seven are American company. So mm -hmm. I guess, uh, but it is it is in pound, I would say. But it's 180 million pound uh, in total now. Uh, but they're still yeah, awaiting they. the Premier League approval uh, on that takeover. Yet they're I'll still taking money collapses. from them. I will laugh it just, that collapses. It doesn't make sense to me. So I want to talk to the both lads about that. I'm sure there'll be some good feelings about that. Um, Ivan Tony, lads, he's coming back. He's ready yeah. to go. Uh, he scored a hat trick yeah. for Brentford B. He's not far off now. Uh, what a massive return that could be for Brentford. Uh, and then lastly, Sky. yeah, yeah. And then lastly, lads, uh, we got uh, we got to talk about some some sour news as well. Uh, we, we to go into the cusp of one of those idiotic moments. I want to say of two Millwall fans uh, that were detained by police uh, on the weekend after they made gestures towards Leicester supporters, mocking the death of former Leicester owner. Uh, so obviously, yeah, we've got to talk about that, which is goes in line with the Sheffield Wednesday stuff we saw at uh, Sunderland and all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, I was going to say, mm, and unfortunately, and, uh, some idiotic Sunderland fan joined in with that as well. They're not a Sunderland yeah. fan. Um, no. I'll use that in inverted commas, but yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure we'll come to that later because I'm sure we've all got some strong opinions and feelings on that. Yeah, one. we certainly can do. Can I just say as well that Ray, Ray, you offering yourself around and um, uh, football players offering themselves around means yep. two completely different things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, I put that in the same. Yeah. My bad. I apologise, listeners. I was I was talking about two different things. I, I didn't clarify that. Uh, Yours uh, involves yeah. oils, we, 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 and you've been scandalous, <laughs> coming down from the barbecue. Correct. Well, you never taught that if you give it away for free, nobody will ever respect you. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I was told that Everton have all this money now, and I was like, well, Everton, if they need me, do you know what I mean? I've got sandalwood oils. But before we go into that startling revelation of me Riley offering McCree myself... A <laughs> Morning, Riley. I hope you're well, mate. I'm thinking of you over there in Qatar. I hope it's no, not too hot. Wait, no, let's man. get into some... Let's Did you see the video? You posted, a, you posted a video of, your, of somebody uh, kicking a ball with a youngster and said, yeah. I, uh, I often wish this was me and Riley McGree. I do. Yeah, I do. Just me, Shut him and me, kicking the football weird, around. Man. <laughs> like a dad playing catch. <laughs> You're just disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Club headline stands push anyway. the button. <laughs> Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. What a day it is for us and our club. We have the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final against Chelsea. The sad news is Middlesbrough will be without 12 first-team players when we host Chelsea on Tuesday evening. It includes Morgan Rogers, who unfortunately is the victim of what Michael Carrick admits he feels is a harsh ruling that sees his players suspended for picking up two yellow cards at any stage before the semi-final. As well as his early yellow at Port Vale, he was cautioned earlier in the competition at Exeter City. It comes as a blow for Borough, who will be without Rogers given their restricted options thanks to injuries and international absentees. And even more so that considering that with four goals in the competition this season, Rogers tops that goal-scoring charts. And Hayden Coulson has joined Blackpool on loan for the rest of the season. The young left-back hasn't featured since the arrival of Engel and Bangura and fell down the playing order. Hayden also signed a new deal with the Borough late last year, but it's clear that he needs more regular playing time before he can break into this Borough squad. And Pochettino has also said that a repeated performance at the Riverside against Michael Carrick's team on Tuesday could see his side miss out on the opportunity to claim their first trophy since 2021. 
Pochettino said to reporters, it's going to be tough. Middlesbrough is a very good team that we need to respect. Saturday was a great example of that, and we need to show respect to the opponent if we want to beat them. Chelsea beat Preston on the weekend 4-0, but it took 50, it took to the 58th minute to break that deadlock. Come on, the Borough. Big game in the Carabao Cup. More headlines after eight. Up the Borough. That's your headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mag News. Well, the final ball that was pulled out in Monday's FA Cup fourth round draw was number 15, which sent Newcastle United to fellow Premier League side Fulham. The fourth round ties are scheduled to take place over the weekend of Saturday, January the 27th. It means Newcastle are going to have two weeks to prepare after facing Manchester City at St James's Park in the Premier League this Saturday. They then visit Aston Villa on Tuesday the 30th. This will be the fifth time that the clubs have played each other in this competition and Newcastle have got a 100% record to date. There are no scheduled engineering works on, Newcastle, uh, for, on the Newcastle to Kings cross line uh, on fourth round weekend at present. Newcastle under-21s return to action after the festive break on Monday night facing Leicester City at the Seagreave training ground. The Magpies drew first blood going ahead through Dylan Stevenson in only the second minute. Leicester replied through Harvey Godsmark Ford after 18 minutes only for Newcastle to regain the lead on 74 minutes when Ben Parkinson converted a James Huntley cross. However, Leicester equalised again on four minutes into the second half at a time. Oliver Ewing's late strike from close range ensuring that the points were shared. Newcastle confirmed on Monday that Fabian Shared signed a contract extension, keeping him at St James's Park until 2025. The Swiss international turned 32 last month and is in his sixth season at the club. Shaw was one of several defenders set to be out of contract later this year, with Paul Dummett, Emil Kraft, Jamal Lascelles, Javier Manquillo. Uh, the news on their future is awaited. Matt Ritchie and goalkeeper duo uh, Mark Gillespie and Loris Carius also see their deals expire in 2024. And Newcastle's Twitter, uh, or X as you will call it now, went into meltdown again yesterday as Newcastle uh, introduced members of its inaugural fan advisory board uh, following their appointments. The FAB, as it's called, is a nine-person supporter board that was officially unveiled in November 2023 as part of the club's wider fan engagement plan. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Tuesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. A Northumbria police spokesman has said that Saturday's derby at the Stadium of Light passed largely without incident. Officers policing the Weirtine derby arrested just eight people. The eight, only five of which were actually around the ground, were arrested for minor alleged offences, according to the police spokesman. The other three were arrested elsewhere as police carried out an extremely successful operation, the spokesman said who also added the overwhelming majority of both home and away fans behaved respectfully and appropriately. In other news, a jury took just 15 minutes to reach their decision before Sunderland footballer Jack Diamond was declared not guilty of rape and sexual assault on Monday. The 23-year-old was visibly relieved by the verdict and struggled to hold back the tears. Diamond has been cleared of raping a woman who he met on the dating app Tinder. The forward has revealed that he is looking forward to resuming his career after being found not guilty. A club statement has read that Diamond will now be invited back to training at the Academy of Light after previously being suspended during the investigation and subsequent trial. And finally, West Ham is said to be eyeing up a move for what some in the East London press regard as the next Jared Bowen by signing Sunderland's Jack Clark. Over recent years, West Ham have dipped into the championship market in order to find some untapped potential and a mixed success. 
The Mirror has reported that Sunderland's Jack Clark could be on the move to East London. The 23-year-old winger has been on fire this season, scoring 12 goals and assisting a further two in the league. Don't worry Sunderland fans, though, only another three weeks left of this January transfer rumour mill. They are your Sunderland headlines. And that's your headlines on the North East Footy Breakfast this morning. You can get in touch with the show uh, via our WhatsApp on 033-043-2002. We'd love to hear from you this morning uh, as we build up to a, a very, very important evening uh, at the Riverside Stadium for Borough tonight. Get in. Hasn't he got a voice like velvet? Hasn't he got a voice like velvet, boys? Two seconds right. That's yeah. just silky. It's like <laughs> dripping <laughs> money. <laughs> No, it is. It is. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything oh. to WhatsApp you know into the show about, but I would just because he said it like that. You know what absolutely. I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah. That makes me just want to WhatsApp. You know I mean? There's just, just an army of women throwing their underwear at the WhatsApp now. That's it. Now behave. Behave. Yeah, thanks, and men. Thanks. And men. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's important. Can I give a shout out to JPR Williams as well? Um, I mean, obviously, Franz Beckenbauer passed away at age 78 yesterday, but we also lost a, a rugby legend, JPR Williams. Um, amazing, to, you know, uh, player um, and, you know, probably one of the best rugby players in, in my time on this planet. So, uh, lost two greats of the, uh, two different sports yesterday. But, of course, mm. Beckenbauer was part of the West Germany team uh, that lost the 1966 World Cup final. But, of course, he went on to have revenge against uh, England as a manager. Uh, but, uh, two legends um, and Beckenbauer of course one of 10 players to have won the Ballon d'Or award twice mm. 1976 yep. but what a what a top top player um, you know and, and yeah just a sad day yesterday won the World Cup as player and manager as well Steve no he no right. not many people do that do they but no. Yeah, no sad very very sad day for yeah. sport in general two yeah. legends yeah 2024 already off to a shocking start isn't it my goodness we had Keith Lamb just recently as well and now yeah. Beckenbauer uh, and uh, yeah, it's just yeah. My oh, goodness me! But uh, yeah, he was he was a fantastic player. I remember watching highlights of him uh, just on YouTube and that when I was f- firstly getting into football and, and just watching him as a player, watching him with Pele and and more yeah. and you know those Great. types of footballing legends. You know what I mean? Like my goodness, he yeah, he was a good player. You know, we lost uh, Zagallo as well. Players. Brazil's Mario. Yeah, he died he last said, week Be- as well. Beckenbauer was one of those players though that like his playing style. If he was like sort of you know. Young and, and and fit now, he would get into any side in the Premier League, yeah. in, in probably in world yeah. football, because of the style yep. of player that he had. Um, he was just, he was way ahead of his time. Beckenbauer, um, absolute yep. legend. Anybody who's ever played at centre back, that's that's kind of that's the benchmark. Him and the likes of Maldini, you know, you look at them and kind of go, right, that's the kind of player I want to be. Like, yeah, and yeah, uh, what what an absolute sad loss. What a gentleman. Incredible as well, because Franz Beckenbauer came through that era of World Wars. Do you know what I mean? Where there was West Germany. It wasn't Germany. It was West Germany, yes. and, you know, and East Germany. Like, you know, it was Germany split sort of thing. And, you know, his, his nation went through everything. Like, you know, we, and, you know, he still, you know, was just, you know, one of the greatest footballers you've ever seen. So incredible, incredible uh, scenes there. And especially, obviously, for Bayern Munich, who lost one of their greats as well. So, yes, uh, you know. Rest in peace and, and, you know, much love to the Beckenbauer family and everyone from the Northeast Brecky Show uh, because, yeah, it's another sad loss, unfortunately, yeah. for the footballing world.
All right, let's move on, lads. Let's get into uh, let's get into Birmingham, uh, who have appointed Tony Mogger Mowbray. We will be talking about Borough, but I'm going to save that for the second half of the show. Let everyone get in uh, to their morning coffees before I start talking absolute gold, which is Middlesbrough <laughs> on this show. Uh, but uh, I will talk. We'll talk Tony Mogger, who's gotten another job, lads. It's been not long out of a job. Uh, obviously, me sacked since Sunderland. Michael Beale coming in there. Birmingham have sacked Wayne Rooney and appointed Tony Mowbray. Uh, Stevie Boy, your best mate, who uh, you met on a train. Um, what do you think would be deemed successful uh, for Birmingham now under Mogga? They've slid from 5th down to 20th. Uh, and obviously before that, they had John Eustace, who was firing them up the table. Um, good appointment? Yeah, look, uh, th- we've said this on this programme. He's a very um, experienced championship manager. And, you know, for Sunderland to, to, to get rid of him as they did you know, was questionable to say the least, especially when you see who they've replaced him with. I think um, he will have the motivation, certainly, to get Birmingham into the playoffs. And that could mean trouble for Sunderland because, you know, they may, you know, we, we see lots of things go on like this in football where, you know, someone is, someone feels as if they've been badly treated, the fans feel the same. And then next thing you know, the, you know, that, that person has the last laugh. It, it could be that kind of story. But yeah, look, it, it, the expectation levels won't be great at Birmingham. That's for certain. They won't, they won't be, they won't be saying to him, um, you know, get us into the playoffs. They'll be hoping he just keeps them up because of the job that uh, Wayne Rooney's done. So, I think it's a really shrewd appointment. I think he'll do well. Um, the only question mark over his appointment is the is the owners because they are trigger happy to say the least in 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 the way that they run the football club. I mean, you know, they sacked John Eustace when he was sitting in the playoff positions. Um, you know, is this the kind of club that you want to go to as a manager? And you know, with with ambitions to you know to do things correctly on the football pitch, what kind of what kind of backing is he going to get? Um, you know, is is it gonna is the club's ambitions gonna match his? Is it gonna do what it says on the tin? That's that's the kind of question marks that Tony Mowbray will have probably seeked assurances of when he went for his interview. But you know, are they gonna tell him the truth? It's it's such a it's such a, a strange one in in a lot of ways. But I can see why Mugger's gone there. Um, you know, it's it's an opportunity for him. You know, again to get back on the ho- get back on the horse quickly, and you know to to. Maybe prove Sunderland wrong. I, I, you know, I, I doubt he's. I, I doubt Mugger's that petty. But it, it will. It, it won't be. It won't be. You know, wasted on him. He, he, he'll certainly be thinking of it, won't he? If um, you know, if if he can start 100%. getting Birmingham up the table, yeah. And Sunderland, Sunderland start coming down. We, we see how tight that division is. It would only take a few wins for Birmingham and a few defeats for Sunderland, and suddenly the tables are turned. Um, but you know, it, it's. It's a good appointment. If, if Birmingham, if Birmingham's owners can change their philosophy and change the way they run the football club, uh, and give Mogger a chance, um, they are going to be there or thereabouts. I would say. I, I would certainly say if there's a team going to make a run this season now in the championship, then it's going to be Birmingham because Tony Mowbray knows what he's doing. But I think it's a really good appointment for the Blues, and um, I, I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be watching it with interest. Certainly, I mean, it's been strange because we've been watching Birmingham because of Radio Dad's prediction that Rooney was yeah, going to get exactly. sacked before Christmas. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like I almost feel like we've got to watch them now because Mugger's gone there. Um, so yeah, it'll be it, it's it's an interesting appointment. I'm I'm delighted for him. Um, like we've said on this program, I think we've we're all agreed on it. Um, you know, he's a lovely guy. 
guy, um, and and I think we all wished him all the best when he when he left. And yeah, let let's see what let's see what he can do down there. Teddy, my boy, Mackums, uh, obviously Mogga, for someone that used to be close to your heart, not so longer. You play Birmingham now on the 18th of February, which is going to be a tantalising uh, fixture. Yeah. Now to probably I'm in the tune UK into. for that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mogga signed a two-and-a-half-year deal at Birmingham. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess obviously, for me, I, I think it's a great appointment for Birmingham. It's great to see Mogga back in it. How does it feel as a Sunderland man uh, seeing Mogga now go to Birmingham? Well, I called it, didn't I? Um, you a, did, a, yeah. a while back in the WhatsApp group. Um, mm. I, I think it's a great fit. I, I, I think Birmingham are getting somebody who's ideal for what they need. Um, I think Mogger can get the best out of some of the younger players in the squad, the likes of Dion Sanderson. He can get him grafting. Dion Sanderson must be licking his lips at this because to get a, a cracking centre back like Tony Mowbray, who's a big fan of playing football, uh, you know, in, in the, the way it's supposed to be played. Um, he's somebody who's going to benefit massively from it. I think in terms of the, the, the club and the structure, they're probably somebody who, a club who needs somebody who's going to bring that age range down a little bit, um, invest in youth. Uh, we've seen previously, you know, that um, Mog has been great for, for loan deals and getting the best out of loan players. Ahmad is a fine example of that. In fact, the rumours are already there that that, that Ahmad's you know, his next possible destination could be Birmingham. Although I reckon it'll be a Premier League uh, loan move for him personally. But um, the board at Birmingham will back him with money, yeah. and that's the difference. Um, I think if Mogger had been sort of given a bit more rein to go out and actually buy players and spend money on players, as well as you know get the get the army of free agents that we've got in we've assembled a squad for 10 million and and really Mowbray didn't have that much opportunity to impress obviously you know Bradley Dack on a freeze Bradley Dack on a free it, it, it's kind of it's a no risk thing because you know he's not going to play much because he's you know his, his ankles are made of mashed potato and socks um <laughs> but you know I, I think he's I think it's a great fit for Birmingham and I I honestly think Yast at the top of that rye where do you think they could they could finish this season yeah. I think a top half finish is is, is within their reach um, I think Ooh. he can turn it around in that time I don't think I don't think it'll be a case of like sort of aiming for the playoffs or anything this season um, I, th- I think Mogger will need time to, to get that style of football across of course he'll make small changes right away um, yeah you know, I mean, we played against Birmingham. They were absolutely appalling. They really, really were. They, they were dire. Yeah. Probably probably worse than what even Southampton were when we beat them 5-0. Like, they were yeah. that bad. Um, yeah. So, he'll make instant changes. I can see a top-half finish coming for them. But, like Steve said, I think next season, <laughs> honestly, they, they are going to be right up there because they've got a great guy who plays attractive football, who's well-liked, who puts his points across well. Um and I just wish we had a manager a bit like, oh, hang on, we did. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting for me, uh, Daz, and I'll get your thoughts, obviously, mm-hmm. but for me with Mogga, uh, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if I take this as a jib at Sunderland or anything like that, but in his press conference for Birmingham, Mogga was stating how Birmingham actually have a maturer squad. Now, nothing else was said on that, but obviously he's come from Sunderland where it was a team of youngsters. Where you look at Birmingham, they've got the likes of Jukiewicz, who's 32, Gary Gardner, who's running around at the age of 34, I think it is. You know, uh, Dion Sanderson, their captain. You know, they have got experience in that team. They've got, obviously, Hogan on the bench as well. Uh, Ollie Burke as well, who's currently on loan. He's 30, I think, just hit. So they've got some older players now for Mogger to work with. 
Do you think that makes his challenge a little bit easier? I mean, he's worked with Sunderland where everyone said that his relationship with young kids and young talent was probably what was going to, what was fantastic for Sunderland. But at Birmingham, he's got a little bit of that, but not as much. See, for me, he's, he's a man manager, whether they're, whether they're whatever, whatever age they're at. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he's going to go in there, he's going to steady the ship. That's the first thing he's going to do. He's just going to say, look, you know, uh, I know there's good players here. You've proved it earlier on in the season. Um, you know, you were, you were flying um, and all right. You know, they had an experiment. They tried to do things in a different way. Um, that that you know, if, if we listen to Rooney, you know, he's saying the players weren't up for that uh, for whatever reason. Whether they weren't didn't they weren't able to, or whether they just didn't buy into his regime and into uh, what he wanted to do. Um, but I think that's just one of the, the brilliant things about Mogger is that, you know, no matter what age, yeah, he can bring those kids on, uh, he can, you know, inspire them, he can get them going. Um, but I think it, it doesn't matter how old those players are. They'll all respect him. They'll all know that he's done it. He's done it as a player. Um, he's gone in there and, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, he's, you know, I think their back line are going to be looking and going, oh, well, all right, well, we've got a master at this now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to, to moving forward with him. Um, you know, I, he's, he is, you know, I saw uh, um, uh, one of the commentators say that he's, he is more than a safe pair of hands. You know, this is more than just an appointment to steady the ship. I think uh, this is a really good appointment for Mogger uh, and for Birmingham to, to get them pushed in. And let's not forget, you know, they are, what, eight points uh, ahead of Borough uh, and 12 points, um, sorry, eight points behind Borough and uh, 12 points mm. behind Sunderland. You know, we've talked a lot on this show about, you know, how many places are left in that mm. playoff group, you know, realistically, you know. Two. So, yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, uh, at the moment, yeah. West Brom and, and Sunderland, fifth and sixth, it's those two places uh, that there are, you know, what, 10 teams uh, potentially um, uh, fighting for. Uh, and I, you know, I think if they put a little run together, um, get a couple of wins, I think, I think they, could, uh, they could certainly put some pressure on those playoff positions and those teams like... Coventry and Hull and uh, Watford and Borough, uh, who you know, who are desperately trying to get into it. I, I think it's a great appointment, and it's not a surprise when you have a look on uh, the uh, the BBC website that the first few comments uh, on this news article are all from Sunderland fans going, "Yep, yeah, we gutted." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it is interesting to see how much of a man. He was sorry. How well he was respected at Sunderland now that he has gotten a new job, because you soon see that, don't you? you? You you often see when there's a transfer of player or even manager that you know you sometimes you get the what is he like to you know to the ex players and or you know there's people that lean on old podcasts and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, for me and as you said, those those reports there and even hearing you know Ted speak about him when Michael Beale came in and stuff like that. That yeah, you know, Mogger is a very well respected man. He did great at Sunderland. You know, what I mean, their first season. Yeah. He got them in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? And then he was had them up, you know, where they are today. You know, what they have now. I mean, obviously, Michael Beale's had two games now, I think, is it, Ted? Maybe be three. Could be three. I mean, this is still in six. So that work that they've got there is still thanks to Mogger. You know what I mean? The, the, the team they've yeah. still got out there at the moment. Because Beale hasn't made any signings or anything like that. So that Sunderland team is still 
firing thanks to thanks to him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Birmingham, you know, Birmingham have got a very good manager there, and, and I think Jukowitz, uh, well, you know, I think he worked under him. Was Jukowitz at Borough with Mogga? I can't remember if they crossed paths, but obviously uh, Jukowitz was an ex player. It's about the right time frame, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. It's somewhere around there where Jukowitz was a Borough player and Mogga was in charge with us. So. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how Birmingham turn around now. They've got obviously ambitions now with Tom Brady, the NFL superstar, owning them. Uh, they've always, you know, they said that the Wayne Rooney appointment was for market sales and stuff like that. Mogger's probably not going to be any sort of more marketable than Wayne Rooney. But I think in the terms of footballing and results, you definitely got a strong manager there. So it'll be interesting for us, especially in the Northeast, because Mogger, a man from the Northeast, uh, we wish him well at Birmingham. Not too well, not better than Borough. Uh, and I'm sure Ted doesn't want him to do better than Sunderland, but I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we hope and we'll watch with, with Eagle Eye. We'll watch with Eagle Eye. But anyway, it is 7.30 in the morning. It's time for sports headlines. We'll be back after this. We've still got to talk Borough, Carabao Cup. We're going to talk about Jordan Henderson pulling a rye and offering himself to around the world. Uh, not with oil, so he's offering himself to play in football. Uh, and a lot more to come on the Northeast Brecky Show right after this. Together across the Northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Welcome back I'm, to the Northeast really, Spotty Brecky. I'm really easily pleased. I just laughed when that guy do, who's doing the uh, the music program, which is great, by the way. Yeah. time tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Now I know how to make Steve laugh. Just do an echo when I talk. Gotcha. All right. Fart jokes and echoes. Brilliant. That's all we needed. An easy man. An easy man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. We are joined by Teddy Boy Mackums, uh, who's had a Morning. tough weekend. We, we're looking after him. we got Steve Wraith, the mastermind, uh, who is uh, loving his chocolate. It's uh, like some sort of care in the community project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. We got these two old dudes that we look after. You know what I mean? uh, we got Daz in the hot seat in studio. Uh, welcome on, Daz. Hope you're well, mate. Yeah, uh, good. Uh, we have we got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, obviously Borough v Chelsea tonight. Come on, uh, the Borough as we take on Chelsea at home in the first leg of the Carabao Cup. We'll get into that very soon. But I got to I got to talk to the lads because something has come across to me that has absolutely. It just, it, this financial fair play, lads, it just seems to be so ugly. We've seen Man City, we've seen everything that's happening. Now, Everton have confirmed. Now, Everton are coming off still a 10-point deduction after breaking financial fair play already this season. Well, just yesterday, Everton Football Club have confirmed that they have loaned a further $50 million from 777, which brings their investment to in recent months to a total of $180 million. This is still, however, ha- awaiting Premier League approval in, as a, a prospective takeover by Triple Seven, so the club who haven't been taken over officially are still taking money from the from the you know the potential takeovers. Stevie, I'll start with you, boy. Uh, this this just stinks to me. I mean, Everton. We, we heard earlier that Everton might be facing more fi- um, more FFP regulations come May for some reason. But then for them to go and borrow another fifty million from a from you know from a business that hasn't taken them over yet, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean the the you know the dicing with death aren't really in 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 the sense that if this collapses, they've got a major problem. Um, but it, they clearly feel as if there's going to be no problems with this takeover and it's going to go through. But we know the Premier League takes its time with takeovers. Just ask Newcastle United supporters. Um, 
you know, they dragged our takeover out and, you know, it went on for, for not, not only months, it went on for years and it almost collapsed, which I, I guess, you know, they, they probably were hoping it was going to, but persistence paid off. Newcastle's takeover went through with Everton. Um, they're in a mess financially and uh, they've had the 10 points deduction and, you know, uh, you know potentially looking at, at, at another fine, uh, we're led to believe, although that hasn't been confirmed and potentially another points deduction could, could happen. Um, but financial fair play um, is, is so difficult for anybody to understand. Uh, I watched uh, Pochettino interviewed yesterday um, and he was talking about the transfer window and um, he was asked, um, you know, would you need to sell to buy? And he said no. How is that even possible? How can a team such as Chelsea spend a billion pound in transfers over the last couple of years and not have to sell to buy? I, I really yeah. do not understand how that is possible because surely the commercial revenue at a ground which is smaller than a lot of the Premier League big clubs hasn't got the hasn't got the commercial income to 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 off to off balance that, and they haven't sold players, they're, they're buying players in, uh, at, at a ridiculous rate. I, I just don't understand how financial fair play works. And just as you think you're getting on top of it when you listen to somebody like financial expert, you know who who understands the football market like Kieran Maguire. Um, just when you think you're understanding it, something else comes along to you know to make you question what you've what you've listened to and what you thought you understood. So. I really don't understand financial fair play. All I do understand is that if Newcastle dare to, you know, go out and spend money in two consecutive windows, that the, you know, that the world's going to come crashing down on them and they're going to be made an example of. That's that's really all I understand. Um, it seems to me the more we go on, that financial fair play was originally set up to protect the so-called big six, and now. Um, you know, now that there is, you know, a break in the norm and we don't now have a so-called big six, we've got a big eight, possibly even a big ten. You might say that the Premier League is probably being split into two halves now and you've got a top ten and a bottom ten. Um, mm. It's becoming very difficult to, it's becoming very difficult for financial fair play to maintain what, what looked fair, it looked like a fair system. Um, it, it, it's it's almost as if like the, the you know the the masks being pulled off the Scooby Doo villain, and we're now seeing what this was actually all about, and it's it's it stinks to high heaven to me, um, and and with and with Everton, uh, I just don't know I just don't know what the what they're thinking of. Um, it's the same as Manchester United, again yeah. you know they they've taken out. Um, so many loans uh, over the last few years, and and I think, I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago to suggest that they took out of these three this season already. And you're thinking, well, you know, again, you know, why would why would a club of Manchester United's stature, you know, the biggest club in the world, um, as far as commercially and and you know having supporters all over the world, the biggest club, why are they taking out loans when they've got multi billionaires? As owners, mm -hmm. I, I just I don't understand it. I really don't, and and that's half the problem. You know, me as an ordinary football supporter, uh, sitting sitting at home, I I I I really don't understand it. When when I think I understand, it, I don't, and, and maybe that's half the half the half the half the reasoning behind it. You know, it's a bit like governments. You know, they'll they'll bring in they'll bring in rules and regs, and you know, um, you, you know, 
you've got to read the small print because if you don't read the small print that you know they pull your pants down you know and and that and, and take yeah. the money off you and that's that's where we're at with I think that's where we're at with football I think it's just it it's 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 not it's not easy to explain um we're even yeah. getting like that with us we're even we're getting like that with the rules of the game now you know try yeah. and explain yeah. try yeah. and explain the hand try and explain the handball rule it used to be simple if the ball hits the hand it's a free kick and if the ball hits the hand yeah. in, in the penalty area it's a penalty i couldn't tell you what i couldn't tell you what is a penalty and what isn't a penalty now um try yeah. explaining the offside rule because of var once upon a time it was dead easy to something we used to take rule. the mick out of well we used to yeah i mean you know in 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 the days before we, in the days before the war world you used to say ah yeah well last can't tell you what the offside rule is <laughs> but now you know i couldn't tell you what the offside rule is um that that's that's where we're at that is that is where we're at now it's 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 it we've complicated the things that shouldn't be complicated and it's an it's it's an absolute you know you, you've got to be careful because you, you could swear um on you know on, on various yeah. points that i've discussed already um so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pass the baton on to ted but yeah it's <laughs> none of it None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Well, just Ted, I, I mean, get angry, I'm, mate. I get angry yeah, just I to jump in with the, the with the West Brom stuff and and with this. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I mean, we look at um, and even you know, obviously, you know, Steve's had his club taken over. You're obviously got new ownership in there, but neither one of our three Northeast teams have gone out and borrowed fifty million or a hundred million or anywhere no. near it in the past. You know, ever. Even though we still, you know, struggle for, you know, for financial and stuff like that. I just don't understand how a team that has just been deducted 10 points for financial fair play can then turn around and borrow 50 million a couple of months later. It's, I mean, just to put this into context, because I, I like to simplify things so I understand it. <laughs> I'm but a simple lad. Um, so right now... Um, Everton have borrowed. I know it's, it's fifty million dollars, so it's it's actually forty million pounds that they've borrowed on the on the yes. most recent one. There you go. That takes their their borrowing from triple seven to one hundred and forty one or closer to one hundred and forty two million pounds. Right now, yeah. just to, just to kind of put this into context, the valuation apparently of Everton Football Club. This was uh, this is according to the Daily Mail in October of last year. The, the club's valued something in the region of the five to six hundred million pound range. I'm assuming in that that they must be including the new stadium as well, um, which is which is kind of uh, you know on its way. So assets, everything, all all in uh, the the club's worth around about five to six hundred million. The debt hanging over the club, which which is absolutely mind blowing, has now reached one billion pounds. Oh. Wow. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll simplify this even more for, 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 for the listener as well, because I have to simplify things so I understand it. Like I said, Steve, you worked the doors for, for a lot of years, mate, yeah? Yeah. If you see somebody approaching the nightclub who's absolutely blattered, their two mates are trying to st- stand them up, they're trying to convince you that, 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 that they're not that drunk, but you can see they've had about, like, they've had about 90 double vodkas, they've had 17 pints. What are you going to say to them? You're not getting in. You're not getting in. You've had enough, son. Who is telling Everton that they're absolutely mortal drunk on on loaning money? It's a great yeah. analogy. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that yeah. that's it. They are they're absolutely off their heads. Yeah. One billion pounds worth of debt, double the double the value of their club as a whole. I mean, that's that's oh that's financial suicide. There's yeah. no amount of TV money going to rescue that. 
If you're an Everton fan and you're listening in, please get in on the WhatsApp. I'd love to. We'd have to love to hear from you on how you feel like the club's going. Because honestly, everything we look at from the outside in, it, it just it just stinks. It really does. It just does not look healthy at all. And to see them borrowing more money in the past month, I mean, at some point, seriously, someone's got to step in and just say, look, you know, enough's enough. Stop borrowing and getting yourselves further into debt. I mean, it's like you know, a great analogy there with the drunk thing. You know, what I mean, like a gambler. Do you know what I mean? If you know, if they. Yeah. This, this, you know, they get stuck getting kneecapped, you know, <laughs> like if they can't pay back their debts. So it's just ridiculous. So, and I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not picking on Everton here by any means. I had a, I had a big shot at West Brom when they did it just recently as well, when they're in financial trouble as well. And they were talking about having to fire sell their players. Well, that loan that they've taken is now so they can keep these players during this month to pay off some, some debts there as well. So it's just ridiculous for me. And I just don't get how clubs are allowed to keep borrowing and borrowing just to get further, further down the rabbit hole. It just, it just frustrates me. Does have you, I mean, we, we, I was just saying we in the Northeast don't experience this at all. No, is it, it just shocks me that they're allowed to keep borrowing. Yeah. And I think Steve made the point earlier is, is that we, we just don't, they've made it too complicated. We just don't know what is happening uh, anymore with, with, with the financial fair play. You know, none of us would have expected Everton to to be deducted ten points. You know, for the, their situation. Um, you know, I think you know we, we've we've heard a lot in the press about that. You know, those the supposed big boys, Man City, and what's going on there, and uh, the cases that that are are, are being waiting uh, to be dealt with there. But we just don't know. We just don't know what's happening behind the scenes. There's a sort of shroud of of mystery amongst this whole thing. Uh, Isn't it? That that's that you know that there's uh, there's clearly um, you know very expensive lawyers being paid to uh, to to drag this along. Um, yeah, I think it's it's making it's making a bit of a farce of of the whole um, you know Premier League and. Uh, well, not just Premier League, you know, across Europe as well, um, for the big clubs that are to, that are there, and it's making it even more difficult for for the smaller clubs to compete. Um, mm. You know, everyone's looking for that that rich investor to come into their team and you know take over um, because they, it seems to be working. And that, you know, I'm not saying they're getting away with it, but you know, they're finding. <sighs> Loopholes, the finding routes through uh, financial fair play uh, uh, to to get that money across to 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 be able to to spend a billion pounds. It just yeah, yeah it it just doesn't. It's it's we need that shroud of uh, that shroud of mystery lifting off. You know, we need yeah. we need so much more transparency with this whole thing. Uh, but will we get it? No. I mean, it blows my mind as well when we look at exactly what Steve brought up just earlier, that Chelsea are in a position where they can still purchase some more players when they've spent a billion in the past couple of transfer windows. And then Newcastle, his own backyard. You know what I mean? Newcastle's own backyard. Uh, you know, Eddie Howe literally said the other week that, he, that there's probably not going to be too many. If not, there'll be loans because of financial fair play. And they haven't spent anywhere near a billion. And they were, they're now one of the richest clubs in the world by far. And yet they're still abiding by you know, this this ruling that they have to be careful. And you just got Chelsea out here splashing cash like there's nothing. It just doesn't make sense to the average viewer. So how can it make sense on the books? You know what I mean? It just it just doesn't make it just yeah. I just I can't understand it. And if we're not if we're not gonna abide to it, if clubs are gonna keep doing shifties and keep borrowing, then just scrap it and just let it be free for all. And then if you want and then you know what I mean it's like just if you're not gonna if people are just gonna start trying to bend it and get around it. You know what I mean? Then why have it at all? Because if people are s- s- 
selling stadiums for fake amounts and they're and they're selling uh, you know academy players for more than they're worth just so they can get the money back it just that people are finding a way to get around being financially fair and that's the, and that's the key word for me is that it's fair it's that every club in in England if they get promoted or if they have you know should be on a fair playing field and of course you're not going to always have that with the you know your big clubs because they're going to have you know turnstile revenue and all that sort of stuff and I get that but seriously, the, it, the point of it is Chelsea to be aren't fair. Doing, Chelsea aren't doing a billion pounds in turnstiles. <laughs> no, it's, what I mean. it's, it's, like, it just it's mad, isn't it? Because it's kind of like, well, well, how will you afford you know that, I mean? Chelsea? And they kind of go, exactly. oh, uh, we've sold some T-shirts. Uh, really? Exactly. Really a billion yeah. pounds worth of T-shirts? They've just they're, brought they're in some kind of selling. sponsor, haven't they? Some Russian sponsor has now come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Is it a shirt sleeve sponsor or something like that? I mean, this is how financial fair play works. You know, commercial revenue, you know, you know, and... and is, is it that it doubles or trebles? You know, your, 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 the, the amount that you can spend. It's something along those lines. Or if you send, if you sell a player for twenty million, it gives you sixty million to spend. It's something bizarre like that. That was my yeah. basic understanding of financial fair play. Um, but and yeah, Chelsea are going to have a, a lot more commercial revenue that's come in the Newcastle United, for example, because. You know, Mike Ashley for 14 years, you know, had all the money, you know, going to sports director, not into the football club, although he ran us, you know, debt free um, and didn't charge his interest on the money that he'd injected into the club. He, he ultimately, you know, just used it to, to promote sports direct globally so with Chelsea um, it, it's a strange one uh, I mean whatever happened to the donation to charity from the sale of the club I mean that is shrouded in mystery you know that is the that if you if you laid Chelsea's finances bare that would be like the proverbial hornet's nest because you know you, you, Ted I still believe I still believe that um, okay Bowley's name's on the paper, Bowley's name's above the door. But I still believe that in some way, shape or form, the previous owner has got some kind of hold yeah. over that club, whether it be financial, whether it be, um, you know, names on names, his names, uh, you know, he still owns the club, but not in name. I, I just, I still think at some point, um, you know, we will see him ride back into that stadium after this war uh, finishes, if it ever does, between the uh, Ukraine and Russia. I still think we'll see that you know the, the previous owner come back in, and, and I think yeah, he's, at the moment you see, I think he's, I think it's is it all ugly arcs are banned from banned from the UK, um, and the were as soon as that war in the Ukraine broke out, and I think he was one of those people on that list. He can't come to the UK, so he probably yeah. spends a lot of time on his yacht, but it's. It's such a strange situation. I think, I think, like I said, I think I said right at the start of the season when when we're looking at the August transfer window, um, when the show started. You know, if if every single club in the Premier League uh, was was examined, if if they had an audit tomorrow. I tell you what, there'll be some skeletons coming out of everybody's closet. I think Ooh, yeah. Newcastle wouldn't be the only team that um, you know that the Premier League would be looking at. And I think I, I don't like to give the Premier League praise because of the way they treated us during our takeover. But you know, at least the at least the at least they made us start with Everton. But they need to continue. They need to they need to you know they need to haul everybody over the coals and make sure that everybody who everyone who's done wrong needs to be punished. And and if and if it gives you an unfair playing field, if it means we we'll lose one of the big teams and they get relegated then so be it but the mm. rules were there not to be broken and if you've broken the rules you should be punished I think there's more to come as well for me with I mean look at Nottingham Forest the way they spent when they came up 
Mm. You know what I mean? The deals they were doing with, you know, the two clubs between the two clubs they had. You know, there's warning signs all over the league. It's not just Chelsea. It's not just, you know, Man City, obviously Everton now as well. It's there's warning signs all over the league. And, you know, for us, Ted, in the championship. I mean, there's warning signs there as well with, you know, you look at Rotherham, mate, who keep bouncing between the championship and League One. We talk about the gap between the Premier League and League One, uh, sorry, and uh, Championship. The gap between Championship and League One could come, could it be even greater if 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 we start yeah. seeing, you know, the financial gap there as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've already mentioned West Brom as contributing to that, um, where it's it's literally living beyond their means, and uh, I think if, you know if West Brom don't get promoted this season, which there's a good chance they won't. If they don't go up, they they're seriously stuck. They're stuck with a yeah. massive wage bill in in a division that just doesn't get anywhere near the revenue, and it's it's just not worth it commercially for, <coughs> for anyone, excuse me, to invest in a club like that. So you know, it's it's while we talk about the Premier League, and obviously that you know that's always going to be the show stealer because it's it's the most recognised league in the world. But for for fans like me and Rye watching it, kind of go like, well. You know, we're playing by the rules here. We're kind of just below or just inside those those playoff zones. You've got teams above us who are absolutely flaunting the rules and and getting away with it. It's incredible, Can't isn't it? Fair. And just a reminder for those that we spoke about this just recently on that West Brom. West Brom are currently fifth in the wage bill of twenty three million pounds. That's their wage bill currently uh, for the in the championship. The top I is Leicester what City. Is. I, I wonder if theirs yeah. is actually bigger than some Premier League teams. Yeah, I don't know, but the, the top, the first is Leicester City in the championship on a on a wage bill of sixty million. Uh, Southampton leads, obviously second and third. Both teams come down. Then it's Norwich City on twenty four million pounds. West Brom in fifth on twenty three million pounds. I mean, Middlesbrough are down in twelfth. Uh, Sunderland are 21st. This is in, in the league, you know, Sunderland have spent 9 million and they're in sixth spot. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's just, it just blows my mind, the money. Anyway, anyway, lads, we've got to move on. Otherwise, it just, it just it grinds my gears, that subject. It just, I just don't get it. Uh, I'm like a Steve Gibson there and I, I stand with you, Stevie. Uh, we've got to talk about Jordan Henderson uh, because he's just like me, lads. He's been ringing up saying, who wants me? Uh, and, you know, I've, you know, I'm sick of only offering myself to Riley McGree. I've been trying to get every other Australian player now. Uh, Jordan Henderson has turned away from Saudi uh, League, lads. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He's sick of the crowd numbers. He's sick of not playing winning football. They haven't won in the past eight games, Jordan Henderson. Uh, and he's now offering himself through his agent to anyone that will take him. Bayern Munich have been called. Bayer Leverskusen have been called. Any team in the Premier League have been called. Teddy boy, Jordan Henderson wants out. Where's he going to go? Well, if the money's not that important to him, come to Sunderland. <laughs> apparently the money the money had no part in him going to Saudi, and I'm, I'm using my air quotations there. I played no part in it, right? Come, come back and be a hero. Come, come play for your hometown club and, and help us out when we probably need it the most. Um, but he won't. Um, because what is he on? Something like 12 million a year, I think he's been it's on over there. Ridiculous, yeah. yeah. What interests me about this, though, is he's got a buy out of this contract, apparently, I read somewhere, that um, the, the tax, oh no, that was it, the tax free element only kicks in if he's there for the two years that he said he was going to be there. So he would actually get a whopping tax bill um, if he if he did actually leave the club. So that's that's going to play its part a little bit as well. So somebody's probably going to have to at least cover that for him, um, whoever he goes to, if he, if he does end up going to another club. Um, 
I, I, I think the idea of Bayern Munich's probably not a bad one. Um, you know, we've seen Harry Kane go there and absolutely light up the Bundesliga. It's, it's probably been the best thing to reinvigorate his career that he that he ever could have done. Um, so Jordan Henderson, it's it's a slower pace in the Bundesliga, so that would suit him as well. Because I mean, at his age, his, his legs aren't what they probably used to be. But I think he'd still get around. You know, you, you looked at the likes of uh, Schweinsteiger, who played there well into his thirties before going to Man United. Um, you know, they, they tend to have an older set of players anyway. Royce at Borussia Dortmund's another good example of that. So yeah, I. I don't think it'll be a Premier League move. Um, Klopp's already said that he hasn't been in touch with me. I, I, I just can't see him going to another Premier League club, um, unless it's kind of like a, a, a newly promoted or somebody who's trying to stay in the division, maybe. I can't see him going to anyone in the top six. That, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, somebody jokingly linked him to Newcastle. Um, I don't know how either set of fans would, uh, would 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 feel about that one, but I honestly think uh, I think an abroad move. I think um, Germany's a good destination for him. Uh, Bayern Munich would suit him down to the ground absolutely. Two I mean, people who won't Steve... come to Newcastle: Pickford and Henderson. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and Steve I'm, Henderson is lost me back off it on the first of February. Open-minded Newcastle fan would say no to that, and they would not yeah, anywhere near. SGA no, I don't think he will. He's no. on six hundred and ninety-two thousand pounds per week. Jordan oh, Henderson, same current same deal same at El Hadifak. So six hundred and ninety-two thousand uh, pound per week. Willing to take a pay cut? He is Steve to get out of there now. Yeah, I mean, look, what a crazy move. It really was. I mean, and, and I think it was probably as early as September that he was talking about not being happy there. Um, you know, <laughs> we've, I've heard some interesting stories coming out of that league, none none of which I could share on air. But, um, you know, you know, stories and rumours about, you know, the way that people have, you know, people have um, had experiences, shall we say, off the pitch. And I think that's probably part and parcel of why some of these players are, are looking to get away from the Saudi league. It, it hasn't turned out to be the, the dream move that they thought it would be um, you know I'm sure the money will come in handy um, that they've made in that short period of time there um, but uh, it 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 doesn't surprise us. Um, I think the overwhelming opinion that we had on the uh, the, the the show when when this league started was that it's going to have to go a long way to, to start competing even with the likes of the MLS. Um, you know there was concerns and worries from some people that it could usurp the Premier League as the best league in the world. Well, mm. I'm sorry, like, but you can't build you can't build something like that in, in overnight. It just doesn't happen. Boxing's different. Um, you, you know, if you get the best, you get the two best heavyweight boxers in the world going head to head in your country. Um, you know, uh, you know, then yeah. TV money, etc., can can you know can can make that work. But yeah, you, you know it's so difficult to manufacture um, a, a, a league and expect it to be the best league in the world. It, it was just it was it was always doomed to failure. Um, where's Henderson going to end up? Um, I think there'll be a Premier League team will take a gamble on him. Um, I'm not sure he'll end up in the Championship just yet. I, I think I, I think his. I think his desire would be a Premier League team, um, but it depends who's got the money and who and, and who is willing to pay the wages. He's he's clearly not going to be on the money that he's on in Saudi, but he's he's not going to be cheap. Um, I, you know, if Spurs weren't over over um, you know over the top with midfielders, I would have said that could have been a natural a natural place for him to go somewhere like that. But it'll be interesting. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see who is willing to break the bank to bring him back. Um, will he end up back at Liverpool? Um, I listened to Klopp yesterday. I listened to Klopp yesterday, and he says he's spoken to him, but not about that. Um, and and then laughed and moved on. So potentially a return to Liverpool, maybe a job behind hmm. the scenes and registered as a player just in case they need him. But uh, no, I, I I'm struggling to think of a team where he would go to. I mean, it's not going to be Everton. It's not going to be Newcastle. So it leaves you with 18 other teams. I don't think Luton could afford him. I don't think he'll go to Sheffield United, and I don't think Nottingham Forest have got enough uh, places in the changing room to accommodate him. So it leaves you with probably leaves you with about another 11 or 12 potential teams. You could go to Arsenal. Fulham would be a good fit, mind. Possibly, yeah. It, it, it's not going to be. It's not going to be Arsenal. Um, it's not going to be Arsenal. I doubt it'll be Spurs. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's not a bad shout, Ted. Daz, uh, you'd be the one that's closest uh, to the riches uh, with your celebrity status, uh, so we know how it feels to be Jordan Henderson. Uh, as we go to the news, no, mate. the other uh, Jordan, he knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Daz, where do you think, where do you, what's your pick? Uh, and then take us to the news, mate. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I, I can't see him coming down the championship. Um, you know, I, Ted made a really good point, you know, shows what you're worth. You know, if it's not about the money, come and play for your hometown club, you know. Um, but no, I, I think uh, he'll be holding out for a, for a big deal, um, and and I suspect it might be in Europe somewhere. Yeah, no, I completely I agree. I completely agree. I just uh, I don't think. Uh, look, I'd love to see him back at Sunderland as a hometown sort of story, but I mean to go from six hundred and ninety-two thousand pounds per week, you know, and he's willing to take a pay cut, you know. Yeah. Okay, how much of that? You know, but he, he's not willing to take a you know a wage cut of six hundred ninety pounds. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like it's, going it's, from it's, Dave's it's, wages to mine. It's it's just not going to exactly, happen. exactly. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a bit yeah. dramatic. That mind. That's a lot station as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's his station. Absolutely. Right, I'm going to open Chrome and we're going to have the news. We'll be back on the northeast footy breakfast right after this. John Farnham and you're the voice on the cat, the tune and the red this morning, the northeast footy brekkie. Oh, yeah, what a Just missed song some fantastic the singing morning. there. Oh, my goodness what me, a tune, you're lucky I'm a bit disappointed Daz has, wow. Daz has actually denied the listener an opportunity oh. to hear me and Rye just <laughs> taking it to the bridge. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I've right let you here, down. Mate. I was getting into full Carabao Cup singing ranges there, mate. I was ready to go. That pumps me up. Bit of Johnny to start your day on your fans. Love you, mate. Uh, what an absolute banger of a song. pipes ever. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Good morning from the Northeast Brecky Show. Uh, I hope morning. you're all fantastic, safe and well. Borough fans, we've got a fantastic, massive game tonight against Chelsea. We're going to cover that in the next hour. But before we do, we got some club headlines. We certainly have. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, my Carabao Cup sensational people. Middlesbrough will be without 12 first-team players tonight when they host Chelsea against the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. Come on, Borough. That includes Morgan Rogers, who is the victim of what Michael Carrick admits he feels is a harsh ruling as sees his players suspended for picking up two yellow cards at any stage before the semi-final. As well as his early yellow at Port Vale, he was also cautioned earlier in the competition at Exeter City. It's a big blow for Borough without Rogers, given their restricted options thanks to injuries and also international absentees. And even more so when considering that with four goals in the competition this season, Rogers tops the goal scoring charts. 
Sedic Diang is on his way back from AFCON. Borough fans, he is, his injury has not healed, and Senegal have decided not to go ahead uh, with him at AFCON. Senegong's thigh injury that he suffered after taking a, a goal kick has been unable to recover in time for AFCON. Best wishes to Senegal. Hope he's well. And Hayden Coulson has joined Blackpool on loan for the rest of the season. The young left back hasn't featured since the arrival of Engel and Bengura and fell well down the playing order. Hayden signed a new deal with Borough late last year, but it's clear that he needs regular playing time to find his way back into our squad. And Pochettino said that a repeated performance at the Riverside against Michael Carrick's team on Tuesday could see his side miss out on the opportunity to claim their first trophy since 2021. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. It's going to be tough, he said. Middlesbrough, a very good team that we are, and we need to uh, respect them wholeheartedly. Saturday was a great example that we need to respect the opponent if we want to beat them. Uh, Pochettino talking there about Chelsea beating Preston on the weekend 4-0, but taking to the 58th minutes to break them the deadlock. It is time, Borough fans, it is here. Carabao Cup, Borough v Chelsea, leg one, up the Borough. Mackhams and Proud, Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. A Northumbria police spokesman has said that Saturday's derby at the stadium alike passed largely without incident. Officers police in the Weatown derby arrested just eight people. The eight, only five of which were actually around the ground, were arrested for minor alleged offences, according to the police spokesman. The other three were arrested elsewhere as police carried out an extremely successful operation, the spokesman said. Who also added the overwhelming majority of both home and away fans behaved respectfully and appropriately. In other news, a jury took just 15 minutes to reach their decision before Sunderland footballer Jack Diamond was declared not guilty of rape and sexual assault on Monday. The 23-year-old was visibly relieved by the verdict and struggled to hold back the tears. Diamond has been cleared of raping a woman who he met on the dating app Tinder. The forward has revealed that he is looking forward to resuming his career after being found not guilty. A club statement has read that Diamond will now be invited back to training at the Academy of Light after previously being suspended during the investigation and subsequent trial. And finally, West Ham is said to be eyeing up a move for what some in the East London press regard as the next Jared Bowen by signing Sunderland's Jack Clark. Over recent years, West Ham have dipped into the championship market in order to find some untapped potential and to mix success. The Mirror has reported that Sunderland's Jack Clark could be on the move to East London. The 23-year-old winger has been on fire this season, scoring 12 goals and assisting a further two in the league. But don't worry, Sunderland fans, there's only another three weeks left of this January rumour mill. They are your Sunderland headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mag News. Well, the final ball pulled out in Monday's FA Cup fourth round draw was number 15, which sent Castle United to fellow Premier League side Fulham in the fourth round. Uh, the fourth round ties are scheduled to take place over the weekend of Saturday, January the 27th. Newcastle will have a fortnight to prepare after facing Manchester City at St James's Park in the Premier League this Saturday. They then visit Aston Villa on Tuesday the 30th. This will be the fifth time that the clubs have played each other in this competition and Newcastle have got a 100% record to date. Uh, there are no scheduled engineering works for that weekend at the moment. Newcastle's under-21s returned to action after the festive break last night facing Leicester City at the Seagrave training ground. Newcastle scored first, going ahead through Dylan Stevenson in the second minute. City replied through Harvey Godsmark forward after 18 minutes, but Newcastle went ahead again late in the second half when Ben Parkinson converted a James Huntley cross. However, Leicester levelled again on four minutes uh, into the second half of added time, and Oliver Ewan's late strike from close range ensured that the points were shared. 
Newcastle confirmed on Monday that Fabian Scher had signed a contract extension keeping him at St James's Park until 2025. He turned 32 last month and is in his sixth season at the club uh, after making a bargain £3 million switch from Spaniards uh, to Porto de la Coruna. Shaw was one of several defenders set to be out of contract later this year, along with Dummett, Kraft, Lascelles and Manquillo. And news on their futures is awaited. And Matt Ritchie and goalkeeping duo Mark Gillespie and Loris Carius also see their deals expire in 2024. And Newcastle announced their inaugural fan advisory board yesterday, much to the annoyance of some people on social media. The FAB is a nine-person supporter board that was officially unveiled in 2023 as part of the club's wider fan engagement plan. It'll be a key conduit for two-way dialogue between supporters and the club's key decision makers, with a focus on the club's strategic vision and objectives, business operations, stadium and key match day issues, as well as any relevant heritage items, community activities and the club's equality, diversity and inclusion, EDI commitments. It's a tick and box exercise. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Tuesday morning. <laughs> Where you at? What we're listening to? <laughs> what? Oh, that's what we're listening to. See, oh, Ted's interrupting the jingle before it's even jingled out. How dare you, Ted? I tell you. <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Breaking Show. Somebody's still the filling out of the donut, right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> That was a technical term. Are you impressed? Are you impressed, Daz? I'm very impressed, yeah. Are you impressed? I know what a donut ad is. Oh, get me! <laughs> a donut is. I had one today with a coffee. Uh, lads, welcome back to the Northeast Breakage Show. You were joined by Rye, the Borough fan, Ted the Mackham, Steve, the Newcastle man. Oh, there's only one team in the Carabao Cup from the Northeast tonight, and that is the mighty Middlesbrough lads. Woohoo! Middlesbrough host Chelsea at the Riverside Stadium in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi final. And my goodness me, Borough fans, time to get excited. The Riverside is sold out completely. We have planned TIFOs, scarves in the air. It's going to be an absolute stellar night at the Riverside. I am so, so jealous. Middlesbrough booked their place in the semifinals of the competition when we beat Port Vale comfortably 3-0. Johnny House and Morgan Rogers scoring there and Matt Crooks adding the third goal. Although we've seen a drop in form recently with only one win in our last four games, suffering three defeats, we did meet Aston Villa in the FA Cup even though that was a 1-0 home loss, we know how good of a performance that was. Unfortunately for us, though, it doesn't come at a good time to face Chelsea, who have been in good touch recently, recording three wins on the trot. They also hosted Preston North End in the FA Cup third round, their first match of the year on Saturday, and the second half resurgence helped them register a comfortable 4-0 win. Uh, lads, the key uh, the keynotes are this. The two teams have crossed past 117 times across all competitions since 1907. As expected, Chelsea have been the better side in these meetings with 57 wins, where Middlesbrough have only won 31 of them and 29 have ended in draws. Chelsea have won their last nine meetings against Middlesbrough while keeping clean sheets in all these wins as well. We've met three times in the Carabao Cup, two wins for Chelsea and one going for Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough have obviously got those four defeats in the last five home games in all competitions and Chelsea have not lost four of their last five away games. So the stats aren't looking too good. Lads, it's a tough game for Middlesbrough. A lot of pundits I heard are talking in the pre-match, uh, obviously with our injuries. I did say in the headlines as well, but just a reminder, Middlesbrough will be without 12 uh, first-team players tonight. Not only 
uh, because of injury, but due to international duty. Uh, we've got Riley McGree and Sammy Severa away representing Australia. Senny Diang, like I said, even though he's on his way back from AFCON, he's coming back because he's injured. We're still without the likes of Lewis O'Brien, Daryl Lenahan, Tommy Smith, Anthony Jicksteel, Marcus Force, Paddy McNair, just to name a few. Uh, it, it, the list is obviously still quite rife. We saw the uh, return of Hayden Hackney on the weekend uh, and some other players, Matty Crooks, uh, Latte Lath as well. I tell you what, even though the stats don't read well, the no. team sheets will read completely and utterly strong, completely with one billion on one side and not close to one billion on the other side. I'm still very, very happy and very confident that Benizra can do a good job tonight. We saw on the weekend against Aston Villa how good of a defensive and tactical team they can be when played and stick to the roles that Carrick wants them to do. Carrick, don't forget, will be, have done his homework and I think he will be up for this more than ever. It's going to be a sold-out Riverside Stadium. The Red Faction have planned a TIFO and a uh, absolute celebration uh, of the masses. It's going to be an amazing cup semi-final, Daz. How do you think our beloved Borough are going to fare tonight against Chelsea, mate? Um, I think it's going to be a really tough one. Um, uh, what what has filled me with some confidence is um, Saturday, the performance yep. against Aston Villa. Um, I mean, you said it yourself. Carrick does his homework, doesn't he? He knows what to expect. Um, you know, Pochettino has, has got seems to have got his Chelsea. Uh, Firing a bit more on all cylinders, um, you know they've had some decent results recently. Um, I mean, they they took a while to to break Preston down at the weekend, but you know um, they did Still really did. well. <laughs> yeah, did really well. Uh, you know, um, what's it? Four goals in twenty minutes or something like that. Um, so we know they're danger. We know they're dangerous, and you know I think it's best not to look back at the uh, the stats because they don't read well. Uh, whatever stats you read. Um, but I just I don't know I've got some hope I am going into this game tonight with some hope um, you know listening to uh, um, uh, you know what the what the fan groups are saying about the atmosphere that they want to try and create tonight it's going to be a fortress in there uh, and we'll really really hear that Riverside roar I mean you might hear it from where you are right um, oh, I, I think I, so. I think the atmosphere is going to be electric I think that's going to that really is going to give get the players fired up. Um, and if they can come out and do what they did the other night, uh, then I think we've got a good chance of nicking something uh, to take down the Stamford Bridge for the second leg. So yeah, I'm I'm com- I'm I'm quietly confident. Um, I know it's going to be a tough game, uh, and I just yeah, I just I hope we we keep it down. You know, if we, if we sneak one, uh, great. Um, if you know Chelsea come out on top, which. You know, a lot of the pundits are predicting they will. I just hope it's uh, it's not too much, so that we still have something to play for when we go down the second leg. But no, I'm 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 yeah, I'm a bit more confident after Saturday's uh, performance against Villa. Steve, Newcastle lost to Chelsea uh, to get let Chelsea into the next stage where we do face them now. You are one of the most recent performers against the team we face tonight. Michael Carrick said that we've come this far and it's just an unbelievable opportunity. I'm absolutely bricking it. Uh, I, I go to bed tonight with probably minimal sleep because I'm up at 7am tomorrow to watch this beloved club take on Chelsea at home. Uh, how do you find Middlesbrough going into this game against Chelsea and what you've seen of Chelsea of late? I think it's evenly balanced. Um... I think that Middlesbrough's got an opportunity here. I think you had a good dress rehearsal against Aston Villa. Um, you know you were unlucky to lose to the deflected goal. Matty Cash obviously getting the, the you know the deciding goal at the weekend. Um, I think that'll have been a good uh, a good workout for for the lads. And 
you know, ultimately your season is about getting into the playoffs and, and trying to, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get back into the Premier League. And, you know, Carrick's season, uh, you know, will be judged on that, I think, more than judged on this Carabao Cup. It's, it's a welcome distraction. It's great potentially to get to another... Uh, cup final in the club's history after going so long without being at a cup final, you know, to, to, to get back to another one would be fantastic for, for Borough, you know. So I, I think it's an evenly poised semi final. Um, I think the benefit for, for you guys is that it's two legs, and, you know, the two legged semi final uh, means that, you know, no matter what the scoreline tonight, it's only half time and you've got a chance to put it right. I always prefer to have the away leg first and, and then have the home leg second because I think the atmosphere plays more of a part then. I think, you know, you you know if you'd gone to Stamford Bridge and you got a 1-1 draw or a narrow 1-0 defeat, bringing them back to the Riverside would, would make a big difference. Yeah. Um, everybody would be up for it. You'd know what you've got to do to get through. Um, I think... You know, having it having it at home first is a disadvantage. That's my that's my personal opinion. No, I agree. The, I agree. I think when we played in the Carabao Cup last year, that was my feeling, and we we were lucky enough to go away first. Um, and and it's you know it 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 doesn't always work out like that. You know, I've uh, you know in my in my years I've you know the, the the biggest one was playing Sunderland away. You know, in the in mm. the in the playoffs. You know, nil nil at, at Roker Park. I thought we'd done it. I thought we were you know one foot into the promised land and we were going to be the first team to win the playoffs. But you know, Sunderland Sunderland got the bit between their teeth. Used Newcastle fans and players celebrating you know to their advantage and and came and turned us over on our own pitch on a Wednesday night. And you know it can happen. So it's 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 a it's two legs. At the end of tonight's game, it's only half time. Um, but I, you know, I I would say that Middlesbrough need to get a win tonight, and they need you need two goals. I think if Middlesbrough yeah. can win two nil tonight, I think you really put Chelsea under pressure because it changes their game plan. They have to come out then at home and and beat you, and all you need to do really is you know score a goal and not concede not concede mm. two goals down at Chelsea and you're into, you're into the Carabao Cup final I wish Borough all the best I hope that I hope they do this I, you know I'd love to see Borough at Wembley I think it would be fantastic for for the club I've, I've often said prior to doing this show that you know I, I admire Steve Gibson in the way that he is not only not only run Middlesbrough Football Club, but also stuck with them. It would have been very easy for Steve Gibson, who has got so many other interests, to to, to leave that club and say, "Well, look, I, I give it me best shot. I'm off now." Um, but he stuck with them through thick and thin. And you know that guy, and you know I, I know he's you know I know I know he's you know I know his daughter quite well. Um, you know she's a she's a fellow thesbian. And um, we've we've crossed paths and worked with each other on a couple of occasions, and uh, you know I I've got a lot of time for the Gibsons. I think they've done a great job, and you know I'd love to see them get back to to Wembley just for them. But it's it'll be great for the show. Um, it'll be great for the show as well for 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 one of us to to, to be able to get there. Newcastle, of course, still got the opportunity in the FA Cup, um, and and you guys both you know both Sunderland and uh, Middlesbrough chasing you know chasing promotion and and chasing possible playoff involvement. So all to play for for the Northeast Footy Brackley Show, but also um, you know all to play for for you guys tonight. So yeah, I I'd, I'd I'm expecting a tight game, Chelsea from my. Mm. Teddy boy. Yeah. Did we lose Steve? Steve might have cut off there. I'm, I think we might have lost Steve. I'm not too sure. He got cut off a bit. But I, Teddy boy, I guess obviously. We'll never know. <laughs> Barra, uh, as I said, I'm bricking it. I'm expecting the watch along tomorrow morning to be 
uh, just me because all the other fans are going to be in the stadium <laughs> and I'm going to be so jealous. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch you, you watch along on the match, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, Thank you, mate. I'm up. I'm up early. I'm just. I'm just bricking it, mate. I'm bricking it. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, yeah. we've lost Steve. Excuse me. And sorry, Ted's uh, getting... <laughs> I'd like to apologise if, uh, if you're offended yes. by Did any language the there. Did you hit the button? Uh, no, not in time. Oh, that's uh, that, that's on me. That's that's about. I've just knocked a pint of water over on the floor, which is which is exciting. Um, yeah, mate, I said it yesterday, and I'm, I'm saying it again today. I think Middlesbrough can actually sneak a win out of this. I really do. I think you've got to be mindful of the danger men that they've got. Uh, Cole Palmer springs to mind immediately. The form mm. that that kid's in at the moment is just—he's deadly. He's absolutely deadly. Um, look. A plethora. There's a billion pounds worth of talent that they've got at their disposal. Uh, you know, even even sort of play, bit part players now like Raheem Sterling can come on and and cause Middlesbrough problems. But I look at the way that Middlesbrough kind of approach um, playing the top sides and even like the top sides in the Championship as well. Middlesbrough are notoriously difficult to break down. You know, uh, uh, the amount of times that you get a good hiding off teams are very very few. Uh, all right, the Coventry one aside. Look, it was getting towards that horrible end of the Christmas fixtures, all that kind of thing. It was just fatigue coming in. Quite rightly, we've talked about the Aston Villa game as well, where I just think, I mean, Villa are in a lot better shape than what Chelsea are this season, let's put it that way, and you put in a solid performance against them. Chelsea are one of these where if you frustrate them, and we, we talk about this golden 20 minutes, if you can frustrate them for 20 minutes and limit their chances, and you know, you've got a keeper who's banging form as well, who, who can keep them out, then all of a sudden pressure's on Chelsea, and I honestly feel, I really feel like Middlesbrough can actually nick this tonight and, t- and take a slim advantage down to Stamford Bridge. Whatever happens down there, will happen down there. Um, very, very tough place to go. There's European teams will struggle at Stamford Bridge, but on the night, if 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 it's not going Chelsea's way, we, we we know from this season they can capitulate and and they'll just not turn up. They'll get frustrated and it'll just flop. So there's every yeah. chance that Middlesbrough can go through. I really firmly believe that. Now again, it sticks in my throat because I I don't like any uh, other Northeast team getting success. But you've got a golden opportunity, and I, I firmly think you can actually do it tonight. Yep, I'm. Uh, I, as I said, I am. Shocked? I am so scared. <laughs> I'm no. I, I'm. I'm. I, look, I'm pleased that you know there are some out there that believe in it, and you know who, who's you know who not to believe, but you know than than us, Daz. Obviously, you know we've gotten here, you know through an easier run of fixtures. Uh, we've had a good test against Aston Villa, where we showed that we can match up with the best, albeit an unlucky deflection goal. But we saw the likes of Tom Glover, Hayden Hackney coming back. All these amazing sort of uh, boys just coming back at the right time. Latte Lath as well, uh, who I think can do a number on Thiago Silva and stuff like that with his, you know, his age and his pace and stuff like that. So look, I've got to be confident. We're at home. We're at the packed Riverside Stadium. There's literally going to be 12 men on that pitch because the Borough Faithful, that packed Riverside Stadium is going to be an extra man out there tonight. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Whatever B will be, uh, we've gotten this far. We, you know, we, we get to enjoy it. We get to sit back and, and, and enjoy it now. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, we've still got 12 first team players out, but yeah. 
you know, if we can get through to that reverse leg, uh, you know, in front, if not equal to, uh, or somewhere thereabouts, then, you know, of course you got to believe that we can do it. You know, we're the underdogs now incompletely, you know, and if we can get onto that next, you know, to that final water moment, that would be maybe another Massimo Macaroni moment for us. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe good, hey, where we need a four, where we need out. a four, three or something like that. But, uh, Look, I'll take whatever comes our way tonight. And um, I know the boys will be up for it. There's no saying that. I know Michael Carrick will be up for it. I know he'll have it organized well, but it is going to be what it's going to be. But we'll get the predictions later in the show, lads. We're okay. coming up to uh, 8.30 a.m. Uh, it's almost time for sports headlines. We've got to check that we haven't lost Steve Wraith as well. I hope he's no, back. I'm back. Uh, I did lose some game there he is. in the system, yeah. Yeah, he's back. Uh, okay, we've got Steve back. We got Steve back. That's good to see. We'll come back after the sports headlines. We've got to talk more. We'll get the lads' predictions about the borough uh, and what they're feeling tonight. We're going to see who's going to be the Messiah. Can they get on the money? We've still got to talk about uh, no VAR as well, uh, tonight's Carabao Cup as well, and why the fact... Did you see what I was did there? Why the fact, not what the fact. Oh, Why the fact good. that there's uh, there's not there's some VAR in some FA Cup games and some in not. That shocked me over the weekend. None it's in the Carabao stress. Cup tonight. It is a disgrace. And we're going to talk about Ivan Tony and his return. Obviously, an ex-Newcastle man coming back from that betting uh, scandal. Uh, he'll be back for Brentford very soon. But first, your sports headlines. We'll be right back. Together across the northeast. The Timberkat and the Reds. It is the northeast East Footy and you can have your say by getting in touch on the WhatsApp. Audible 3 or 43 2002. Our friend Daniil has been in touch, chaps. Uh, he's saying, morning, gents. A couple of points. Morning. Uh, uh, read what we Morning, discussed Morning, earlier. Uh, first of all, FFP seems to have more holes than the golf course at Stanley. Uh, for me, it's anti-competitive. Um, and he's also said that the Saudi League is the NASL of the 21st century. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, well said. Yep. Nice one, Daniil. Thank you for getting in touch. You can have your say on the WhatsApp or double three or or four three. 2002. Welcome back uh, great, to the Northeast Brecky Show. Great to know that I make Ted wet when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Don't make it any worse. So please, can we just move on? <laughs> who's who's oh. doing the podcast today, Daz? Is yeah. it Luke? Luke, yeah. Poor Luke. Luke, Luke yeah. please Luke. do some editing, mate. Honestly, yeah. I'll, I'll buy you a pint when I'm over. <laughs> Luke, I'll clap for you. We now. move on. That's the moment. That's the moment that you can come back. We've to moved the on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Breakers Show. It's Ryan, Ted, and Steve. Uh, we're talking Middlesbrough Carabao Cup. We're going to get the predictions uh, in just a second by the boys. We're into the last half hour, but we've got to talk quickly uh, about the return of Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony is close to return, uh, and he scored a hat trick for Brentford B. He's an ex Newcastle lad, uh, and it looks like he's going to go back to repay the faith that Brentford have shown in him uh, all that time off. Uh, Steve, you got a res, uh, you know a relatively good know-how of Ivan Tony, obviously being ex-Newcastle. You've also dealing with the same situation with Sanandro Tanali. Uh, how do you see Tony coming back? Do you think he's going to be a big, big plus for Brentford? Uh, Brentford haven't been gr- great this season, uh, but I tell you what, the return of Ivan Tony like a new signing? Yeah, I mean, there was a, an exclusive interview on Sky Sports yesterday, which I watched um, in depth. It was uh, 10... 10 15 minute interview of uh, you know talking about the ban um, and saying that you know from his perspective you know he he admitted he'd done wrong and you know he, he accepted his punishment and you know he, he's you know he's had to get on with it the, the, 
the interviewer asked him about Tenali. He said, were you surprised that he was allowed to train with the uh, team and you, you hadn't been? And he said, well, I did find that rather odd, but, you know, I'm not going to make a big thing about it. I'm just going to, you know, concentrate on, on, on getting back, you know, getting back to me best. And, yeah, I... Look, it, you, you do the you do the crime. You serve the time. He's done it. We've got to move on from that. Um, he's learned a valuable lesson, and from his perspective, it, it sounded as if he's committed to Brentford. It didn't sound as if his head's been turned by talk of going to Arsenal, uh, which seemed to be the the front runners for his signature. It sounds as if his main aim is to get back and repay the support that he's been given by Brentford uh, in the remainder of this season and get back to doing what he what he does best, which which is score goals. I mean, you know, a lot of his goals... I, I do feel Ivan Toney's record is, is predominantly... Like a lot of strikers who take penalties, it's... it's, it's you know, if you take the penalties away, how many goals does Ivan Toney really score? Um, but, you know, th- there is no doubt that he's a threat and, and he'll, he'll be a benefit for Brentford. Is he worth the money that they're talking about splashing out for for him in this transfer window? Um, I- I'll reserve judgment on that until he until he goes to a big club. Um, is he in the same kind of uh, is he in the same kind of range as, as Harry Kane? No, of course he isn't. Um, but he talked about his ambitions. He wants to he wants to he wants to gear crash the Euros. He wants to he wants to gear crash the Euros and be part of the uh, you know be part of that tournament, which you can understand. The kid's got ambition. He's 27 years of age. He's, he's at a pivotal pivotal point in his career. He should be coming into his best years. Um, but yeah, I mean, the message from Ivan Tony yesterday was loud and clear. You know, he's 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 hungrier than ever, uh, and he wants to come and he wants to come and you know prove you know he wants to come and prove to the Premier League and prove to Brentford that um, you know that they've missed him and you know that he, he deserves to he deserves the opportunity to come back and resurrect his career. So yeah. Um, interesting, interesting times. Would I like to see him at Newcastle? Uh, we are desperate for a centre forward. The answer is no. Um, I've, I've said that on on more than one occasion. I don't think he's the right fit for Newcastle. Um, I would like to see somebody different come in. Um, you know, and you know, I, I I just don't think Newcastle would would think that eighty million pound is good value for or, or, you know that some some news outlets saying a hundred million. I just don't think hundred million. I just don't think I don't think he's worth it. But yeah, eighty million pound is the price that I saw that was was quoted with Arsenal, and I I just don't I just don't think that I don't think that's going to happen. I think short term he will stay at Brentford. I think if Ivan Tony's going to move, he's going to move in the summer. Teddy Waters, uh, the striker returns January 20th against Nottingham Forest. Uh, he said to this uh, in an interview that the club was right behind me from the first bit. The fans were also behind me, which is a massive part. That's why I feel I owe everything to Brentford to come back as a family, uh, as my family club. Uh, they've been nothing but amazing for me. I'm going to kick off right from the first minute I get back on that pitch. Strong words. Uh, he's had a long layoff. He did score and has been training since the layoff do you expect yep. him to do well i do um I, I said a couple of weeks back that um that the days of strikers now or recognized center forwards are extremely limited um you know I, I look at the options that england have up front with with harry kane uh obviously you know doing really well in the Bundesliga, but after harry kane you kind of look at that england squad over the last year and you kind of go well there's nobody else coming through and you look even in the Premier League as well, where you know this false nine or wingers getting lots of goals. Mo Salah is a great example of that. People coming in from the wing and actually getting a boatload of goals. That's more and more of a thing. Ivan Tony is is a proper striker. 
in my book. You, you look at his stats, he's, he's actually better than a goal every other game for Brentford. Uh, so 111 appearances for Brentford, 63 goals. Um, he's capable of scoring in the Premier League, as we know. I mean, yes, I know 80 to £100 million is, is, is a bit of an eye-watering amount, um, but due to the rarity of goal scorers, actual proper centre-forward goal scorers, they, those sort of prices are going to get bandied about. You know, he was at Newcastle as a youngster. I, th- I think they've gone from oh, oh, Northampton. I want to say Northampton. Anyway, mm-hmm. yes, uh, so he was at Newcastle as a youngster. A lot of loan periods. He's, he's sort of, you know, the dizzy heights of signing for a big club like Newcastle and then having to rebuild loan periods with Shrewsbury, Wigan, Scunthorpe, all that lot. This kid is used to coming back and, and reinventing himself. You know, and then he had that great stint at Peterborough, which which obviously, you know, that's why Brentford went and paid money for him and, and took him to the club. The kid's got a good goal-scoring record over the last sort of, you know, four to five years. I think he's very, very capable of, of, of hitting form again pretty quickly. His first game back, that'll have done him the world of good and confidence. And as we know, being a striker, confidence is the biggest thing. So three games in his little bit comeback, albeit, a, a, you know, a, a, what was it, a reserve game. Fair enough, but... I, th- I think he's a, a good player. Um, obviously, you know he's putting his, his issues behind him. You want to see the best players play in the Premier League, and obviously, I, th- I think he can get crash the Euros because there's not much else competition for him in in the England squad. Uh, and, and best of luck, lad. I enjoy watching him play. Um, he's, he's he's a nightmare for centre backs. I used to play Sunday League at centre back, and I think he's one of them. I'd be absolutely terrified to face somebody with that pace and that that strength about him as well. So. Yeah, good luck to the lads. I think it'll be a success now, and I think he will hit the ground running back in the Prem. Yeah, no, I think it, it's obviously a long way from match fitness to be able to play, but he's obviously been now firing for the Brentford uh, B team, and it looks like he's still got that striking knack. To, um, you know, I, I do agree with Steve. I think he's obviously their penalty taker. There is a lot of goals that he scores there, but to have a player like Ivan Tony come back uh, at any Harry stage, Kino, especially right? for Brentford, yeah, not wrong. Yeah, not wrong. So I think it's going to be fantastic uh, to just to see him back. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you never want to see a good player out of the game, you know, just for, for reasons. Uh, but, you know, obviously he's learned his lesson. He's paid the price, do the, you know, do the crime, pay the time. And he's done that. Now he can come back. Speaking of that, lads, I'm going to talk quickly. And I don't want to put too much uh, onto it because it's just just, just disgusting. Uh, but to go in uh, like we did when we covered uh, the Sunderland Sheffield Wednesday um, what we saw towards Bradley Lowry and stuff like that. Two Millwall fans have been detained by police after being ejected from the den on the weekend uh, after making offensive gestures towards Leicester supporters. Apparently, they have been seemingly mocking the death of former Leicester owner. Uh, is this another, you know, uh, is it another sort of cry for attention? I mean, Steve, we've seen it with Bradley Lowry. We've seen it with, uh, uh, you know, other fans this season that have, you know, just done the complete and utterly most disgusting thing you did say there was a tweet there as well that probably needs to go hand in hand yeah listen um you know years ago uh, during covid i did a documentary uh called think before you tweet um you know it's 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 just as relevant now as it was then um if anybody you know out there wants to pop onto youtube you'll be able to watch it on NUFC matters, uh, but it, um, it, from my perspective, it's, it's horrendous, lads, to, to see this continue. Um, you know the the social media giants, Twitter, uh, X, Facebook, um, in particular, uh, Instagram to a lesser extent, but it exists on there. Need to clamp down on 
uh, trolls and people who come out with such bile uh, and you know such evil um, stuff because it, it it's just a disgrace and and you know it it, it is a disgrace to, to see these kind of things continue to happen. Um, it's no excuse that it's in the heat of the moment. Um, you know we all suffer defeats as football supporters, but to come out and say what that fan said about Gary Speed was an absolute mm-hmm. disgrace. Um, he quickly deleted 100%. it, but I'm afraid I'm afraid it's too late. You know, um, and you, you you know you'll serve your penance for for what you did for that, and and rightly so. Um, uh, equally, equally right to see people punished for the horrendous, you know, actions against Bradley Lowry, uh, somebody that, you know, um, you know, you know, ultimately brought Newcastle and Sunderland fans and fans from other football clubs together uh, under the banner of uh, of a horrific disease, which we all hope one day will will be, you know, will will be curable. Um, but you know, to to see people target, you know, Bradley Lowry, whether it be tweets on social media. Um, comments on, on on other social media, or whether it be in the crowd by you know mocking them, um, it you know those people deserve to be punished. It really it really is. It, it's there's no other word for it. It's disgusting. Um, these people aren't true fans, um, and 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 they need some help. Um, they actually need some help because if they think that that is the right way to behave um, in any you know in any way shape or form then they need some kind of correction they need some kind of mental correction because um, it, it's just not acceptable um, people, we can all make mistakes we can all say things that we we can all say things that we don't mean um, you know and, and social media unfortunately is one of those places where if you put something out there then you know that's your digital footprint and it lives with you forever um, and uh, yeah it yeah, yeah. I, I think I've said enough. You know where I stand on this, but it's um, it's just sad to see it continuing. And the only people that can stop it are the social media giants. They are the ones who can stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and 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 you know, if the sooner they act, really, the better. But you know, it's 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 not on. It's not on. You you, you can't you can't take the you know you can't you, you can't take the moral high ground as a social media company, but not not crack down on these people. Um, and I think X is the worst out of the lot now. And I think since yep. Elon Musk t- took it over, it's become it's become almost like a free for all. Um, yep. You know, because he he basically allowed some fairly um, narcissistic people back on that platform um, who yep. uh, who encourage this kind of thing. And you know, for me to see some of those names who will re- remain nameless um, are, are back on there, you know, planting their bile. It's 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 horrendous, and, and and we need to see we need to see a change. But you know, unfortunately, we won't. Elon Musk's got his own ideas about running it, and he he'll he'll simply say, well, if you don't like it, leave the platform. You know, which which I guess yeah. is the yeah. which which is you know which is which is only which is and only people right. will. Yeah, of course they will. Of course they will. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the world we live in, though, lads. Yeah. Uh, can I just remind people, though, that it's not the real world? Um, you know, if you walk away from your phone, if you put your phone down for two minutes, there's actually a world away from that. Um, yes, and I think yeah. we're all guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of sitting watching the TV with my loved ones, or sitting in the sitting in the house, and you you know your kids may be in the living room with you, um, and they may be talk, talking to you about the day. Um, and, and, and trying to explain what, the, and it might might not be the most interesting thing you've heard all day, but believe you me, those moments are few and far between. Stick your phone down, switch it off, and listen to what your kids are saying, or have a chat with your missus, um, or you know. Yeah, you're listening, Mrs. Ted. Yeah, go out for a walk. <laughs> go, out, go out for a walk instead of instead of scrolling through. Oh social God, she media was. And, <laughs> 
I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Don't don't scroll <laughs> through so, social media and like somebody's dinner um, when you could be having a chat with one of your family yeah. because you know life's too short. No, I completely agree. Well said, Teddy boy. Uh, wrap it up by smacking these absolute trolls. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, just disgusting. I mean, you were at the forefront with the the Sheffield Wednesday folks. Yeah. Uh, this Millwall you'd, stuff, you'd and obviously that tweet that, as well. You'd, you'd think after that that you know Sunderland fans kind of w- would understand. But I, I, I'm I'm going to use the word fans in inverted bracket here because the idiot who's posted this about about speed. I mean. Well, idiot's probably too kind a word. Absolute coward is is what you would describe them as. Uh, they might have deleted the post. I know the police are certainly trying to track them down at this moment in time. There's plenty of places that have, have screenshotted. It. It's out there. We know who you are. Um, and to be honest, I hope you get everything that's coming to you. Because mocking any kind of bereavement is is not just sick. But, but cowardly as part of their rehabilitation Steve's right they must have some sort of mental deficiency where, where if you can't feel you know empathy for a situation like that then you're inhuman partly so as part of their rehabilitation get them to sit in with bereavement counselling sessions and see what people actually go through to get over grief because honestly, it absolutely disgusted me. It's it's bad enough that your team gets beat in a derby, right? It's 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 been it's gone. We have a laugh about the free beers and all that sort of thing after, but to spit that absolute hatred and that cowardice out about a guy who left you know who left a family behind, especially after knowing that we were up in arms about it being directed towards somebody who was synonymous with our club. It, it just it's mind blown and I hope the coward gets absolutely everything that's coming to him and it, a, a serious amount of growing up needs to be done I completely agree and couldn't have said it better and I think Steve and Ted um, both absolutely nailed it on the head and uh, I'm not even going to say anything on it because I don't want to give it any more time of day um, you're an absolute scum and you don't you don't you don't deserve uh, any more to be spoken about you uh, let's go into, obviously, just quickly, uh, Steve, can I get a quick update for me before we get to predictions of the game? Can you just give me a quick update on uh, Bargate 2.0? Uh, chocolates, you were saying? <laughs> you wound up. No, no I'm being targeted. <laughs> it's, do you know what? I'm not being left alone on bloody X now because of this. <laughs> I know, mate. It has blown up. By the way, we we Steve has dropped a bombshell yesterday on yesterday's Northeast Brecky show uh, about f- certain amount of free beer served to the Newcastle punters after the game on the weekend. Tell you what, speaking of X, it has blown up. Uh, we had Jimmy Coppers, a regular friend of the show, uh, tweeting it out as well, and then it is on absolutely every footy X page you could cover about Sunderland giving away free beers on the weekend. Oh my goodness, Ted, have you seen any more reaction to it on Facebook? Because I actually haven't seen much of Sunderland really addressing it. No, I think we're trying to forget that the whole thing. I, I posted it. an outpage. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you know, I write for the um, for the the Sunderland FC fans and banter page. Yep. I've done for about five years now. So I posted about uh, about Steve's findings. And people are having a go at me going, oh, just let it go, will you? I'm thinking, like, hang oh, on, we've, we've just okay. given, we've given the opposition free beer. And then I find out about the chocolates. 
And then, to be honest, I mean, there was a few of Steve's followers, like, taking the mic about the chocolates. And I just had to weigh in and say, I'm just really sorry, lads, because we really should have got the fish and chip shop for you as well and made it, you know, made it a day for you. Um, it's just, it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous, doesn't it? But, um, you know, at, at least, I mean, I suppose from, from Newcastle, we're probably going to get some decent TripAdvisor reviews out of this. <laughs> Yeah, oh free chocolates. Free me. chocolates was just the piece de resistance. It was a cherry on the top, wasn't it? But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, rolling out the red carpet, etc. It, it just caused a bit of mirth and a bit of merriment on social media, which that's what it's all about—a bit of banter. You know, as long as yeah, you can't get been out some of good banter about it. To be fair, there's not been that. It has, it has. surprised really me. I've taken it too far. No, absolutely not. I mean, just talking about, I know we've sort of been a bit down on, on social media just before we kind of hand over to Daz and all that, and I know it's your show, right, but now you know how it feels. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, <laughs> there are some positives, and, you know, I mean, again, the, the bit right, the bit that we did with Steve on, on YouTube last week, just before yep. the derby, there was, there was actually some nice comments on there, some positive stuff. Um, and, and it was it really surprised me. I've, I've got no experience with YouTube. You know this. Um, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to, and I'm going to beat James Copley to it. Um, obviously, <laughs> love it, love it. I've got, I've got, I've got two mates who are really good at YouTube, James. So there, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want him on it. I want him on it. But, but some, you know, there is some positivity out there, and I got nice comments from Newcastle fans. I got nice comments from 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 Borough fans. You know, a little bit of banter, all that sort of thing. Yes, there was mm. the odd, you know, what's the Sunderland clown talking about? But mm. I, I love that, and there is a lot of positivity, and there's a lot of good can be done through social media, and and yeah, creating that good, positive community spirit as well. So it's not all bad news, lads. No, I absolutely love it. And no, it is good that we have the banner in the northeast. And I said that I think we've all agreed that that since coming together. Uh, as the Northeast Brecky Show, bringing Sunderland, Newcastle, and Middlesbrough a little bit closer. Uh, that, yeah. you know, it is one of the best areas for football. I mean, we all take the mick out of each other. Do you know what I mean? And yes, some people, there is the 1% that maybe go a little bit too far, but it's evident on the weekend that that's getting phased out. We had a great derby, uh, and without, you know, without anyone getting hurt, you know, we saw Newcastle. We were talking about it with Steve, and we saw, you know, when they went to AC Milan, people getting, you know, uh, you know, yep. stabbed and stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? Pro, pro, post to the game. So, you know, none of that's happening in our own backyard. You know, we all respect each other and that's what we love. And I love that the Northeast, albeit a bit of rivalry, and we all want each other to stand over each other's uh, as much as we can. Do you know what I mean? There is a sense of respect there, and yeah. I do love that. And I, we will be getting Teddy Mackers on YouTube. Don't you worry about that, fans. Uh, you can have What The Fact <laughs> daily updates. Uh, make sure you go and subscribe. Lads, before we close off and hand over the reins to the brilliant Daz, the mastermind behind the quiz that sweeps the nation, uh, the best vocalist... Uh, that we've ever heard, the Velvet Tones, uh, the Scarlet Monocere. I want to ask for some predictions for tonight. I want to go around. I want to see, I want you to give me your predictions on the the end final and give me, uh, give me, give me your man of the match for tonight as well. If you could, if you could, please, Steve. Um... I think this is going to be a tight game. I think Middlesbrough will edge it, and I think Middlesbrough will win one nil, um, which is going to yes. put you in a bit of a. I think it's going to put you just in a very dangerous position going to Stamford Bridge. Um, I think though Middlesbrough has got more than enough to to, to trouble Chelsea. Um, Chelsea on prolific in front of goal, um, and I just think that Chelsea might take this one a little bit 
a little bit too nonchalant. They'll, they'll turn up with a, uh, with a little bit too cocky. I think Middlesbrough will catch them out tonight. Um, I really, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I am going for a one 0 win to Middlesbrough. Um, I genuinely think you've got a good opportunity, but it's it's in the laps of the it's it's in the laps of the gods whether you go through, and it, it really depends on on which you know on which Chelsea turn up. Um, who who's going to be the man of the match? Difficult, really. Um, I don't watch Middlesbrough every week. Uh, very difficult. Mm-hmm. They don't get a great deal of coverage yeah. on, on Sky. Um, let, let's hear your goalkeeper, Glover. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ooh. he's going to pull off. Maybe he's going to pull off a couple of saves tonight, which are going to keep you in it. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with somebody. Somebody who you wouldn't have expected. I'll give it to Glover, man of the match. No, I love that, uh, Teddy boy. Um, I'm going to match Steve. Um, I think it'll be a one-nil win. Um, I I don't know about the, the second leg mate I, I don't know whether Chelsea might just have too too much for it we'll see at that yep. time tonight I'm going 1-0 and I think Sam Greenwood will be your man of the match and also Ooh. score the winner <laughs> just so I can rub it in that a Mackham did it for you <laughs> Daz? yeah I'm, I'm going to uh, stick with this 1-0 theme um, I think it's going to be a really tight game we're going to nick it uh, and I think Housen is going to boss that midfield tonight. Um, he had a little bit of a rest at the weekend, and I think he's just going to go out there and he's just going to boss that. Uh, so one nil the Borough with Housen, man of the match. What about you, Ray? I'll be going from oh, Liquid Velvet I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going two 0 to the Borough. I think we're going to be. I think we're going to hold them out. I think we're going to get Matt Clark in there, who's a Premier League defender. Tom Glover, we saw on the weekend, is going to be absolutely incredible. Hayden Hackney and Johnny Housen are going to boss that midfield. We're going to hold them out. I think we're going to get a 2-0 victory. I reckon Joshy Coburn, for me, uh, is going to get up there and score. And I reckon Matty Clark from a corner as well, because our corners have been absolutely shocking, and it's about time that we got Matty Clark, the big bald eagle, up there. Bang! Top left-hand corner. Uh, I'm going to be bricking it. I'm not going to be sleeping well tonight, Borough fans, but I'm all with you there in spirit. I did ask Dave to roll out the private jet, but he said the budget's been spent on Daz, which is, you know, understandingly. Uh, so I've got, to, uh, I've got to stay home. I will be doing the watch-along uh, at 7 a.m. my time. Uh, and I will be screaming and waking up the whole of the world. You can guarantee that uh, if Minos were trying to get up. It is time for the Borough to stake their claim as the best Northeast team in the world. Uh, and that's right, I said Northeast in the world. Uh, and I uh, hope that we can get over <laughs> Chelsea. I really do. I really do. It's going to be a fantastic game. Enjoy it if you are going. Uh, have a fantastic night out, Millsborough fans. Enjoy it responsibly uh, and just make that Riverside proud. Bit of breaking news just for Newcastle fans. Joe Linton, of course, who went off injured in the uh, derby at the weekend. Uh, his thigh injury um, is going to be enough to keep him out of the game against Man City this weekend. But it's not too serious. So with that two-week break, we would imagine he will be back uh, in time to face Fulham in the FA Cup. Over to you, Dazzy. Your show, mate. What do we got coming up? Uh, we have got uh, the usual nonsense. We've got um, uh, a chat degree to keep us smiling for the first part. And then we've got... Uh, um, what's on the box tonight the usual showbiz news uh, and then after 10 we've got the quiz that's sweeping the nation it's there it that is. theme um, so yeah well, it's it's the usual nonsense we'll see you tomorrow Fantastic. for the aftermath of the Carabao Cup it is also Steve's show so I will be very quiet tomorrow Borough fans I apologise <laughs> uh, I will not be speaking over Steve at all you can promise me I'll probably see, still talk over Ted a little bit because you know why not uh, you know, Teddy Waters over here. <laughs> I love you. Have a fantastic show, Daz. Thank you. As always, thank you. Ted, lads. as always, thank you. Love you, lads. We will see, see you tomorrow. Lads.
from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the two.